hello, hello. Welcome back to the Grainfields Podcast. Hello, I'm Noah. I'm Dylan. And we are the Grainfields Podcast. Yep, if you didn't get that by the title. Yeah. We hope you guys are well. Uh, we're excited for another episode of uh, a Colossians study that we've we've been thoroughly enjoying, and we hope you are too. Yeah, another installment of Bible study with the brethren. That's it, baby. We, uh, it. we are praying and sincerely hoping that uh, God is using this to... Uh, to grow you and your relationship mm. with God, and He's using this to uh, to stir your faith and ultimately, really, your affections for Him. And yeah, that He'd be glorified through that. Yeah, we um we hope you've been enjoying the podcast so far. Uh, I noticed the other day I uh, I've been enjoying the podcast. Still. You have? Yeah, that's good. I have too. I noticed the other day I was just checking out reviews. Um, and it's funnily enough that there was only one review there, and it's by you, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> it was good though, five stars. So we must be doing something right. Yeah. Um, but seriously, um, if you would like to, if you think this is good content and you would like other people to discover it, um, we would really appreciate it if you were to leave a review or even mm. if you don't like it and you think we've got stuff to work on, we would yeah. really appreciate that. Let us know. Yeah. Because that helps us, um, I guess, get found in Apple podcasts, not because we want to be great, but we want this to reach people yeah. who, um, yeah, want to learn more and we want it to be a resource that's used and we don't want to labor in vain. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. If you've got a review, let us know. If you've got feedback, let us know. So, yeah, you can do that on the podcast app on Apple and I'm sure on Spotify, but yeah. Yeah. You 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 know, you're all tech savvy yeah, units, you'll yeah. be fine, you'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go on. Well, uh should I pray this time, Dylan? Oh, if you'd like. I would like to. Do it. Hey God, uh we're so grateful for this time that we can spend. Uh, learning from your word and learning from uh, this uh, this this spirit-inspired text that we have, God, that is uh, your inerrant word and it's sufficient for us. Um, it's necessary for our growth and um, we're just so grateful that um, your spirit can guide us, God, even though uh, we may not be able to uh, fully uh, comprehend uh, your might and your glory, God. We're just so grateful that your spirit um, leads us and helps us in that and God, I just pray that your spirit would help us do that uh, right now, God, as we look at your text and as we look at the Bible, we just pray that, um, that the spirit would uh, guide us into truth um, and it would testify to Christ and it would show us uh, your beauty and your majesty and your glory. Um, yeah, God, we just pray that you would use this for your glory, that um, we would all grow together as the body of Christ and that we would all um, have our affections stirred for you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, brother. Awesome. So we are up to Colossians 2, 16 to 23. Which is titled, Let No One Disqualify You. Read along with us as Dylan reads us his text. Sounds mm. great. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in question of food and drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels going on in detail about visions, puffed up with re without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grow with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to the things that all perish as they are used, according to human perceptions and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, 
but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Well read, Dylan. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that from you. Yeah, I appreciate that from you. Awesome. So, no, I would I would really appreciate if you could shed some light <laughs> on these, uh, <laughs> yeah, on, on maybe the first two verses would be nice. Okay, that's a good place to start, the first two verses. Mm. Uh, therefore, I think we should just stop there. So, on the first word. Yeah. 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 Uh, got, so you got, did you get excited? Because we're not going any further. <laughs> Stopping here. So when we, if you remember our last podcast episode, we talked about mm. um, the passage of Alive in Christ. And it was really Paul presenting this before and after picture of our lives before and after in Christ. Um, what Christ has done for us. And I think um, a great way to summarize this is that the fullness of Christ is now being filled in us. That mm. we have been made alive. That God has pulled us out of our sin. Um, and we're made alive in Christ. And so, um, really, Paul kicks this off with saying, therefore, since you have been made alive in Christ, and since there is no more of that sin and worldliness in you, or there shouldn't be, um, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Um, now, what he's talking about here is he's talking about the laws that were given to Moses um, on Mount Sinai. So, um, the laws that the Israelites were supposed to live by. Um so, for instance, food and drink, like the food laws, like you should only eat clean animals. And yeah. um, the new moon was the Passover. So remembering the Passover lamb um, in Exodus and the Sabbath, of course. Um, now, Paul goes on to say about that is that these are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Mm. So these things were given to foreshadow or they were given as images of what was to come, which is now the substance of Christ. Um, Very good. So if you think about a shadow, Dylan, yeah, when you look at it, it is really what is cast. It's kind of like this two D, um, ref- like kind of projection mm-hmm. of an outline of um, an object. So if I want to get to know something, if I want to know the qualities of an object, I'm not going to look at the shadow. I'm going to look at the actual object because yeah. the shadow only gives me so much. It only gives me, um, yeah, like the outline of that object. If I wanted to get know get to know you, yeah, I wouldn't stand outside and look at your shadow and go, I really want to understand your facial features. I want to understand like what, what does your body look like? What do your eyes look like? And then stare at your shadow. Yeah. I'd go past the shadow. I'd look directly at Noah and I'd go, oh, so your eyes are blue. You have blonde hair. You have these facial features, mm. this body type. Yeah. It's the idea of looking at the reflection of something when you have the real thing right in front of you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's a, that's a great thing. Like the the shadow, um, really what really what the Colossians were the pressure they were under was under sorry the pressure that they were given. <laughs> so that did not happen. Well, the pressure was for them to just uh, do these things, um, whether they realized the meaning or not. That they would just do them. Like mm-hmm. they would just do them, and they were shadows of of Christ. So for instance, a great example here is that Paul uses here is the new moon, so the Passover lamb. And if you think about the Passover lamb, it was the perfect foreshadowing of Christ in the sense that the the slain Passover lamb and the blood of that lamb was to save um the Israelites from God's wrath on sin. Um and in the same way, Christ as the perfect Passover lamb not only um atones for us physically as in the sense that um, the Israelites were kept alive physically, mm, yep. but he now atones for us spiritually, that mm-hmm. we are now spiritually alive in Christ. Good. Um, and so really, uh, that was 
yeah, the pressure was to just keep doing these ritual things and making them the primary kind of way of looking at mm. God um, yep. and remembering God when really, instead of looking at the shadow, they should have just gazed upon the beauty of Christ and, yep. and grown in their relationship in God through that way rather than just doing these rituals without understanding the meaning or reflecting on the real purpose. And if we take that a step further, just to like really, you know, make sure we understand it, um, there's like, think of this analogy. I have a beautiful girlfriend called Jess. Hello. 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 And um, let's say I, um, oh yeah, so, so I want to get to know her. Now I'm going to spend time with her. I'm going to learn about her character um, and I'm, yeah, I'm going to, to know her better in that sense. Yeah. Now I have photos of Jess on my phone, like memories of us together. And also like, you know, if someone says, oh, you have a girlfriend, what does she look like? I can just show them a photo from my phone. Just whip it out. There you go. Yeah. Now, if I were to um, r- like, let's say print off lots of photos of Jess and plaster them up on my walls. And instead of spending time with Jess, I would get to know her through looking at the photos of Jess and, and talking to those photos of Jess and trying to understand her through just talking to those photos. Like You're it, insane. Yeah. I think you're a bit loopy, Noah. I think you really <laughs> need to see bit of a bit of a psychiatrist. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Is that the right one? Psychiatrist? Is that uh, psychologist, maybe? Psychologist, yeah. What do psychiatrists do? I think they're supposed to they're prescribe medication. Psych. They're anyway. like the they're like the they're like the You're ultra. going loopy is the yeah. main thing. Sorry about that, everyone. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> and not only that, I would probably lose touch with Jess as a person. Like I would, I would um, begin to focus so much on these pictures that I actually forget um, how beautiful she truly is and how mm-hmm. lovely her personality because her the pictures of her can't actually show that they're empty compared mm-hmm. to the real thing. Um, so really, that's the picture of of this is that they were observing uh, those those things, those pictures, um, rather than the substance of Christ. They were focusing on the shadows of the things to come, but the substance actually belongs to Christ. Mm -hmm. So therefore, focus on Christ and grow in your relationship with through Christ. Know him and and know his personality and his character and grow in your love for him by spending time with him, not just emptily pursuing the shadows or continuing to do them. Now with this um, picture that Paul has painted here about this sort of empty ritualistic uh, following of um, shadows, essentially, uh, we can sort of apply that to a more modern day context for us as now follow um, as followers of Christ. So if we now think about this in the context of church and our commitment and dedication to the church, which is the bride of Christ, often... Uh, I think we can say fairly that it sometimes becomes a chore in some aspects of church. Uh, If you think about the beautiful design that God created church to be, the bride of Christ, um, and that he is the bride's groom, uh, we have these these God-designed structures within the church, such as uh, sermons, uh, the preaching of God's word, uh, prayer, worship, fellowship, uh, communion even, things like that. If we have a look at this at the perspective that Paul is looking at this with the Colossians, in nature, these things actually can become rather ritualistic, and they are ritualistic in nature, but they do not have to be empty in the way that we conduct them and in the way that we engage in them. Because ultimately, a lot of these things and most of these things are either designed for us to grow in our knowledge of God, like Scripture and the preaching of the Word on a Sunday morning, 
or lead us to a place of awe, wonder, and worship of him, such as worship, when we engage in reflecting on the greatness of our God, the characteristics of our God, in the knowledge that we then find from the preaching of the word of God. So I think it's a good challenge for everyone. It definitely challenges me that I engage in prayer, that I'm listening to the words that ultimately can affect my heart and my attitude and the work that Christ can then do with planting those things on my heart uh, and the way that I am in worship. Am I just singing the words? Am I ritually just singing the words like uh, the Colossians were doing uh, with the Passover festival? Um, when what we really need to be doing there is engaging in what is being presented to us, which is the glory and the magnitude and the gracious God that sent us Christ. Yeah, totally. Like the substance of Christ. Like we focus on Christ in the worship. Mm-hmm. We don't focus on the worship itself, if that makes sense. Like we're not there to think about how, oh, Dylan, that's a sick Tom feel you're playing there, brother. Like yeah, brother. If we're focusing on that, then we're, we're missing the point, which is the substance of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that that's a huge challenge to me. Um, that is a massive challenge because if you think about it, like that is so easy to do. Yeah. And really like, like who, we, like who are we fooling when we do that? Like <laughs> God definitely knows our heart. Like he, um, and that's not to say that God's going to crush us for that. Like, I mean, he has grace in that, but like he, he, he sent his son so that we could, so that we could like gaze at his beauty and gaze at the glory of Christ and the substance of Christ and not be focused on these, you know, empty things that we were doing to make ourselves righteous and whatnot. And ultimately it's really, it's to our loss and detriment that we do not engage in these things in the way that God designed it. Mm. It is to our lack of spiritual development, to our lack of sanctification that Christ can do in our hearts when we are hardening ourselves to the things that he designed for us to engage in with fellow believers in fellowship, in prayer, in worship, in, um, yeah, it's, we can miss out on a lot of God's design Mm. and plan for us as believers when we become ritual and empty in engaging in these things. Mm, Totally. In the same way that you um, become empty if you look at an object and you judge it by its shadow rather than the actual substance of that shadow. So now moving on from this, uh, Paul talks, well, I'm going to read on and say what Paul talks about. (laughs) Here we go. Good, Dylan. These, yep, that's not it. Number 18, here we go. (laughs) Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism, and worship of angels going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. So this is a continuation from the previous uh, text that we talked about, Alive in Christ, last week. And it is contrasting with the idea that Christ has now made us alive in our burial and resurrection with him as new creatures, as new creations, as uh, he has given us a heart of flesh. And then Paul says... Because Christ has made you alive in you, now that you have Christ, that Christ lives within you, the Spirit dwells within you, let no one disqualify you. Let no one take this away from you. Let no one uh, deceive you of anything but this. And then he, this is then when Paul uh, addresses an early church heresy, where he says, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels going on, about de- uh, going on in detail about vision. Now, this is known as in this day and age, and of, of oh, I don't know when, but of recent has been um, labelled as Gnosticism. And Gnosticism is essentially the idea 
that everything that is physical or of matter is inherently evil. So this was a early church heresy that the Colossians were struggling with, um, which has quite a few implications. So first of all, uh, the idea of Gnosticism led to the practice of asceticism, which is the denial, the extreme denial and abstinence of anything physical in order to enlighten oneself rather than to find Christ. And if we think about this, they're doing this because they think everything physical is evil, that it is mm. sin. Yeah. So if you think about this, there's a s- slight large amount of irony in this. <laughs> so they're saying everything's physical, therefore we're going to look in ourselves, which if we read the Word of God, we know that we are the inherently evil things. Yeah. We are the ones who sin. We are the ones who are disconnected from God that required Christ as a saviour. So if we go searching within ourselves for the answers to enlighten ourselves to a truth and a knowledge of what is within us, really we're just looking at sin. Yeah, totally. And also like um, the passage says like, um, uh, talks about like puffed up vision. So it was all about like this this spiritual encounter, like mm. this spiritual kind of just like welling up within body. Like you look into yourself and you would abstain from all these physical things to make yourself more spiritual. Mm. And also, like like Dylan said, like we know that the Word of God says that God's creation was very good. Like it is not inherently evil. Um, of course, sin changed that, but that was that was on us, and we're inherently evil now because of that. But like go- God's creation is not inherently evil. It was inherently good until we changed that. Mm-hmm. Which brings up the another complication with the belief that everything is inherently evil is that Christ came, and Christ did His work uh, on the cross in the flesh fully man 100% God Um, which brings up this implication that uh, Jesus what the Gnostics believe is Jesus was did everything as as spirit in a spiritual form Um, his resurrection wasn't real because how could a perfect being exist in a physical world that is inherently sinful yeah yeah so this idea of Gnosticism we can see quite prevalently in today's age with this idea of the new age movement which is all about accessing uh, one's spirit um, and coming to an enlightenment of oneself this idea that everything we need exists within us mm. it is is inherently within us all we need to do is access it by focusing on enlightening um, and coming to an understanding of self yeah yeah so this is a a thing that we see really Often, um, in this day and age, this idea of positive speaking and, you know, um, yeah, the, the, our spirit and our inner being, we can access these things that we need in life, um, purely by focusing on ourselves. Yeah. And all these different types of practices that have, they've come up from it, like waking up in the morning and like, uh, like starting off the day by like kind of declaring like today is going to be a great day. Today yeah, is going yeah, to... Yeah. Like live, love, laugh, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like journaling, like, you know, but really, if you think about it, that's really just focusing on yourself. Like, like journaling is a great one. Like journaling can be really good. Um, I journal sometimes to reflect on God, but we can make it all about ourselves, all about our lives, all about um, trying to search within ourselves, like Dylan was saying. And really what we do is we, we end up worshiping ourselves and trying to make ourselves God. Yeah. And Paul addresses this. Um, 
where he talks about, so what we've just talked about, you know, going on about in detail about um, visions, Paul um, addresses this, that we are placing, we yeah, so we're after a spiritual enlightenment, so these experiences of visions and psych- psychic experiences, and we place our value on these things, on s- what, what the Bible here says, what Paul says here, uh, on sensuous minds, which is this idea that we're using our senses and our experience experiences rather than our intellect. Mm. So God's word is intended for us to discern these sorts of things, that we should be able to go to the word and use our intellect to, to go, is this of God or is this of the flesh? Mm. Uh, so, yeah, this idea of basing things on visions with our puffed puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. So there is no, there is no inherent reason. There is no evidence that any of this sort of thing leads to any benefits in our lives, but it's so easy to buy it. And, and really to like kind of conclude this whole idea and just talk about the ramifications of that. If you think about that, really what you're doing is you're denying yourself the joy of, um, of, of really the, your salvation and the gospel working in your life. Because if you think that you can, uh, make yourself, um, you can, you can access all this happiness and joy that is only found in God, um, in yourself then really what you're doing is you're saying, no, 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 God, I don't want anything that you've got for me. You, you know, it's it's really convenient that you've saved me from hell, but I'm actually just going to keep looking into myself and trying to find this joy and this happiness and this peace when really that is not the picture that Christ gives us. In fact, Christ tells us to deny ourselves, um, not so that we can um, become more spiritual in ourselves, but we can become more spiritual and loving of God, that we would deny our flesh and our sin and that we would grow in our love and affections for Christ. And that is the gospel. Yeah, really good. And Paul goes on to talk about this in 19, uh, where he says, And not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. So this is it. You're disqualifying yourself from the prize that is Christ mm. and knowing him, not searching for yourself. This this picture here, holding fast to the head. So we can we have this idea, the head of the body. If the head is severed from the body, Life ceases to exist. Mm. If you're not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body is nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God, and this head is Christ. If we remove ourselves and detach ourselves from the head, which is Christ, and we search for ourselves rather than search for the nature of God, um, enjoying and having hope and having love and sanctification in what Christ has done in us, we are disqualifying ourselves from the prize that is here, that mm. is himself. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving. That was a nice little summary there, Dylan. Mm, thanks, mate. Uh, if Christ, if sorry, that's bad. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you're still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle. <laughs> do not taste. <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing. Anyway, keep going. If you, yeah. Uh, do not taste, do not touch. Referring to things that all perish as they used. Oh, wow. It goes <laughs> over the moisture in my throat. Uh, according to human precepts and teachings, these have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. But they have no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Mm, talk to me about that, please. Okay. I don't get it. I'm joking. <laughs> I have studied this, but I'm, I don't get it. Okay. Well, let me do my best to explain it to you, Dylan. Please do. 
So the elemental spirits of the world that Paul's referring to here um, have been believed to like kind of been talking about in other translations of the Bible. It says like kind of like the foundational um, like principles of the world or the basic kind of mm. ideologies of the world, which are when you think about it, when you look at all other religions, it's that um, this whole idea of legalism that you are made right um, in your in by your works or like you you merit your own rewards. So I work a job, I work 20 hours and I get paid 20 hours, you know, worth of work. Or um, I do something nice for someone and that merits them to do something nice for me mm-hmm. later. Like it's this whole idea of, um, yeah, doing things to, to justify yourself, essentially really. Um, and really the whole idea of, of like Christianity is the opposite of this. Because it's really saying um, that you couldn't ever justify yourself with legalism except someone who can be legal in the sense that he was right and perfect before God um, has died for you and you now identify with that person and you put your faith and your deep allegiance and trust with him. And so really what Paul is saying here is if with Christ you identify with that death, you identify with that death of legalism, um, why, as if you are still alive in the world, do you submit to these things, these regulations? And so really, when you think about it, Christ died for us so that we could die to that ideology. Yeah. And this this then means that you are judged not by your own works, but by the works of that perfect being that was able to fulfill um, and be blameless before God. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then it goes on to talk about these kind of legalistic things that man had made. Um, do not handle, do not touch. Do not taste, sorry, I read that out of order, but that's okay. Referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. Um, when it's saying things that uh, things that perish as they are used, sorry, that means that they're finite. Like, mm-hmm. the earth is finite, um, it's not eternal, so why are you focusing so much on these things? Yeah. And really, I was reading this um, commentary, and it was saying um, that, you know, like, as Paul points out in Romans, the law does not make us spiritual. Like, it's not... Um, like doing the actual things of the law, yes, help us to love God rightly, except that their primary like function was to make us aware of our sin. Like um, Romans three nineteen to 20 says, let me find it. Uh, here it is. Uh, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Mm-hmm. And that's the main point. Through um, the law comes knowledge of sin. And really it's supposed to lead us to the salvation which is found in Christ. And if God's law has this limitation, if God's law was not about making us right before him, then, you know, what are we saying that our regulations that we've made as men are making us right with God? Why would why would we hold to those things at all? Mm-hmm. And that the law was to firstly point out our sin yeah. and then point to the... Uh, perfection of Christ. The perfection of Christ and what God required of us mm. to be blameless before him. Yeah. So this this idea that to be blameless before a perfect God, you must fulfill all of this. Mm. Whereas as fallen human beings, we know we cannot fulfill all of this. So it points out our sin. We can look at it and we can go, I can't do this, but Christ can. Which then leads us to the point of recognition that Christ is our saviour, not ourselves. 
Yes, totally. So we don't have to work for this. We can't work for this. Therefore, we must depend upon Christ wholly. Yeah. Yeah. And then the passage goes on to say, These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. And really, this is the heart of the passage. These things might appear to be wise and have some kind of, you know, they might they might tickle your ear, they might tickle your fancy, except really they have no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. There is nothing else other than Christ and Christ's work within you, his sanctifying work as we trust in him and put our faith um, that will stop us from indulging the flesh. Yeah, I've actually got this little quote here from yeah. one of these sort of new age movement people that I'll leave anonymous just because I don't really want to bash on people. Anyway, but this is a quote from one of these prominent figures in this sort of figure, um, in this sort of ideology. And it says, I don't need anyone to rectify my existence. The most profound relationship we will ever have is the one we have with ourselves. So when we look at that in the context of the gospel and the context of the biblical narrative, we know that that is ultimately going to be detrimental. However, that sounds, that sounds sweet. Yeah. That sounds like, yeah, okay. I don't need to rectify my existence. Like, I have a sick relationship with myself. Yeah, and I love that idea because that doesn't mean, you know, I, I there's nothing wrong with me. Mm. I'm I'm right. I'm right before myself, you know. I'm yeah, yeah. my own God. I can say that I'm good and I'm right. Except we aren't our own gods and God defines what is good and what is bad. And we have fallen short. And that was our own responsibility and our choice. And that is ultimately the detriment of these self-made religions that we can either work uh, and find self-righteousness and self-enlightenment and self-indulgence or we just look really deep within ourselves and we abstain from anything physical and that'll lead us to a place where we are so enlightened so much so that we understand our creation, we understand our being and it's not from God and we and we part ourselves from the truth of God and the truth of Christ, fix our eyes on ourselves, not him. Mm. And I've also been challenged just on this idea of um, like uh, just wisdom that um, might have appearance of wisdom, except really don't have any value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. I've been reading this book called Gospel Fluency, which I might have brought up. And it talks about as Christians, we need to be gospel fluent and that when people are going through things, their answer is not um, advice that might sound um, wise or it might be, you know, um, really maybe deep and profound except what they need is they need they need they need more of god's grace they need to Mm -hmm. sorry not more of it they've got enough but they need to understand (laughs) it more they need um to focus on the gospel and be able to apply it to their lives and their situation and that the gospel is not just this one thing yeah bang salvation done it's sweet i'm good i've got it down it is an ongoing thing that applies to every area of our lives every area of our situations you know, our relationships, all of that. It is a situation that the gospel must be applied to in order for Christ to work through it and sanctify ourselves through it. Yeah. I think we should leave it there, Dylan. Sounds phenomenal. Well, thanks thanks for joining us, guys. Well, why don't you pray us out first? I'd love to do that. <laughs> yeah, good one. All right. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time and this study, Lord. We thank you. Uh, that you are a God of grace um, and that you are a God that has resurrected us. You have made us alive and you point us to the truth that we do not have to be misguided and misled by these things of the world and of the flesh, Lord, but rather we can fix our eyes on you um, and hold steadfast to the head which is Christ. 
which sustains all life in our bodies, uh, which ultimately points us towards the glory of uh, our eternity with you. Mm. Lord, we thank you for that gift. We thank you for that privilege and that honor that we do not deserve, but rather you give it to us freely. Lord, we just pray that this study would help us uh, see your glory in everything, that it would help us um, and point us towards Christ in our everyday lives, Lord, and that it would um, yeah, find the ears of those who really need to hear it. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And like we said earlier in the podcast, if you want to leave us a review or give us some feedback, please do. It really helps yes, um, the podcast. Um, and if you want to message us or you've got questions or you want to just chat to us, you can find us on Instagram at the Grainfields IG. Yeah. And also we're going to be doing a and a soon. We've got a couple of questions, but I reckon we need some more. So Keep don't be shy. Yeah. yeah. Don't be shy. Anything and everything. Um, yeah, we'll yeah. do our best. If it's a bit... This bit out there, just maybe steady on. But uh, no, we'll, we'll try our best and we're looking forward to that too. Yeah. All right. See you later, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.